Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up with Garrett Ainsworth earlier today, CEO at District Metals, uh, the TSXB listed uh, company with operations in Sweden. And we talked to him about the fundraise they did since we last spoke at the beginning of December, um, the allocation of those funds into a 5,000 meter drill program, and indeed gives them enough to do another 5,000 meter towards the end of this year. We look at how they're going to approach that and how they're telling the polymetallic story in the marketplace, plus two new key hirings with Berg Schlagen experience. Uh, you can uh, see our thoughts and opinions on cruxinvestor.com. Garrett, how are you, sir? I'm doing excellent, Matt. Great to see you again. Very nice to see you again. Where, where are you? In Kelowna. Uh, you can probably tell by the background. Uh, done a move. So, I mean, everyone's doing it. So, but I'd hop on the bandwagon there and it's a, it's a good move for the family, but it's still within Kelowna. So not, not a huge change there. How do you do that? How do, how do you move? Do so you have to do it all online? Or were you guys allowed to actually go and visit the home you're just about to buy? Because here you've got to do it on Zoom. Just use a lot of PP, PPE, and then you're. I think you're good to go. <laughs> PPE? What's, what's PPE? What's that? Personal protective equipment. Jesus. <laughs> nice TLA. I like it. Three-letter acronym. It's good. Um, well, okay. Well, congratulations, I, I, I guess, or in order for that. Um, could be nice to catch up with you as well. Have you been uh, been keeping well, been busy? Very busy. Yes. I mean, we we talked in, in December of, uh, of 2020, and uh, it, we're in the middle of a financing that was at $3 million, got upsized to $4.75 million. Um, then in January of this year, we brought on Hein Rat as our country manager to, to run our drill program. Um, and uh, then we, we put out, uh, you know, gravity interpretation results that showed very significant anomalies uh, regionally and very importantly at the Tom Tebow mine, which is where we're currently drilling. So we started our, our drill program on March 15th. It's 5,000 meter, 20, 20 hole. And, uh, you know, very importantly, we put out our first drill assays two days ago, um, which is which very exciting because the first three holes show, um, you know, good, good widths and very high grades of polymetallic mineralization. Fantastic. Okay. Well, that, I usually ask people for one minute summary. You've done it. You, you got, you got ahead of, ahead of me there, which is perfect. Um, I, I tell you why I wanted to catch up with you because I like, I like the conversation we had last time around, but, you know, so look, looking at, your chart, you've had, a, you've, you've had a bit of a bump off the uh, results you put out recently, but I'm, I'm intrigued about how you're building this thing up. Poly, we talked about, about polymet stories are a little bit harder to understand for some. Um, you're in Sweden, which is seeing some some nice, some, some good companies with some good results uh, coming out there, but you, you, you've got a ways to, ways to go. So I'm intrigued about how you're building this up. You've been adding to the team. That's the first thing I noticed. What are some of the new names there? Yeah, so yeah, Hein, hein Rat to, to give a detail on on him. Uh, so he's based out of Netherlands. Uh, he's a consultant for he's been a consultant for a few companies, uh, EMX Royalty uh, largely, and uh, he worked for Bleeden for I believe about six years, and he's worked in the Bergslagen for about eight years. So he he's got a, a ton of experience that's very specialized with polymetallic targets in the Bergslagen and, and, and elsewhere in Sweden and, and Scandinavia, but he's an absolute perfect fit for us because he, he did a lot of the compilation work on Tom Tebow 
uh, before I even looked at it. So, you know, we got to know each other over, over about a year uh, and, you know, really, really hit it off. And, and he's just a, an amazing geologist. So for him to, you know, come on, it, you know, it helps validate the project and that he's interested to work on, on Tom Tebow. But, uh, you know, his, his expertise is crucial to the success uh, for us going forward. And then uh, Rodney Allen, uh, um, you know, we recently brought him on. Uh, he accepted our, our offer to come on as a technical advisor. And he's, uh, I mean, he's Mr. Bergslog. He, he has a long history um, at Bleden's Garpenberg mine and, you know, led uh, the technical team that took Garpenberg in the 1990s from near closure, made, did some amazing, uh, you know, technical studies and did some, some really, you know, wildcat type drilling and made some, uh, like very large, uh, blind discoveries and took it from near closure to being a tier one asset for, for bleeding. So his knowledge in the, in the Bergslagen is, is immense. And to have him helping guide, uh, on a, on a whole by whole basis. So he only lives about, uh, an hour and a half away from Tom Tebow. So whenever we get a good drill intercept, he just kind of zips up in his car and, uh, we get these amazing, you know, presentations outlining exactly what, what the drill hole means. So is, I mean, are they both full time? Uh, Hein, Hein is, is full time during the drilling and, uh, and Roddy's not, he's a consulting, uh, geologist. So he's, he's in and out. He works for, you know, Lundin mining for Belieden for LCAP. Like he's, he's, quite a busy uh, and in high demand. So again, having him, you know, accept a uh, technical advisor role was, was very exciting for, for us to, to join us. And so he was, he was doing their jobs before they arrived. How, how was the technical side of things advancing? Uh, well, Hein was consulting uh, part-time before, yes. Uh, we weren't do and, and he was doing, he was involved uh, and Rodney were involved on doing some uh, of the mapping sampling that we did in the fall of 2020, but uh, it, it wasn't official that he was. Okay, you know, you're just formalizing those yeah. relationships. Okay, cool, cool. Exactly. Um, and talk to me about the board here, because there's a familiar face on there in Doug Ramshaw, who we've got a lot of time for. Um, you see, I mean, and also, you know, um, Jonathan Chalice and, and Joanna Cameron, et cetera. Are these guys active or are they just names? No, that, and that's the, the key. I mean, all the directors that we have are very active um, and they all bring a skill set that's crucial for, for the company. So, um, yeah, I mean, Doug, Doug, he's got a, a good geological technical background and capital markets. Um, I mean, he's, he's very well known as, a, as a, an executive with Minera Alamos and a director of Great Bear. Uh, he, he brings a lot of uh, amazing advice for, for myself and, and the company. So, yeah, he, he came on, I believe it was March or April of 2020. Uh, Joanna Cameron, she's a lawyer, and uh, I, I worked with her at NextGen. She was VP Legal when I was VP Exploration and Development. Um, you know, she's she's uh, always making sure I'm, I'm on my toes with with in terms of like technical dissemination. So it's it's great to have her keep me in check. And Jonathan Chalice is. Uh, yeah, another great addition. He's the newest director, and he's a mining engineer by training, and and he actually worked with Doug Ramshaw um, at a brokerage back way back in the day. So he's got a really good capital uh, markets experience as well. 
Okay. So we, you raised that money um, shortly after we spoke. When we talked, uh, it was about $3 million, uh, 4.75 in the end. Um, I've seen a few press releases, your 5,000-meter drill program, which I want to understand uh, a little bit. But what, how else have you been um, allocating that capital? Um, the capital, I mean, majority of it's been going to to doing all the technical work that uh, that we're on. I mean, about about ten percent of the budget does go to marketing and and you know making sure that we're getting the right message out to the to the public because that's obviously a very a very important um, aspect of, of the business to to talk about what you're doing. Um, but yeah, we're we're very focused and I mean, obviously with everything being virtual, the costs stay pretty low in terms of you know travel and conferences and and whatnot. So it's it's really good in that sense. Long way to continue, um, for, for sure. I think a lot of shareholders would would agree. Um, so let's let's talk about the drill program component because you, you you've done a bit of technical work on this and you've made some hires there, or at least solidified those those uh, people working with you. So what is the plan going forward? Because the the growth, I mean, compared to where you were a year ago, all good. But you've got to keep this thing going. Got to keep the show on the road. So what's the plan? Yeah, and right from day one, you know, the plan was we saw. Tom Tebow is a highly effective project that had not, you know, seen any modern systematic type exploration. So, I mean, it all started off with compiling everything historically and knowing that, you know, when the last work was really done, the, the last extensive work in the 1970s, they didn't understand the deposit model back then. And they didn't have the technology that we have now. And they didn't even do, do things like downhole uh, EM surveys, which, detect conductive bodies that are off hole. So we're, we're using that technology to help guide us with our next drill holes. But th- this, this current drill program that we're doing, 5,000 meters, 20, uh, 20 holes, we're doing uh, you know confirmation drilling uh, of historical holes, we're doing infill, and we're stepping out uh, a little bit below the 200 meter exploration drift, where you know most of the holes were drilled horizontally off of it. But uh, by, by drilling underneath there and then doing the downhole EM surveys, <clears throat> we're getting a good feel uh, for you know, targets at depth. And it's really important, uh, the depth component, because you know, we've got mineralization wide open at the Tom Tebow mine at the 200 meter level. Um, but at you know, Garpenberg, they're mining it down at the 1400 meter level. So there's a, a huge vertical um, window of opportunity at Tom Tebow that's never been explored. But we're not just going to go in drilling blindly. So we, we need to set ourselves up to make every meter count. So in phase two, when we, when we come back, we'll be using uh, obviously our, our you know visual observations of mineralization supported by assays. Uh, we'll be using geophysics, uh, the, the downhole EM surveys to help guide us for some of the deeper targets. And we'll also be using whole rock geochemistry. So that that's essentially the rocks are so altered you can't even really tell what's what it's it's very challenging but by getting the whole rock geochemistry you're able to plot it out and know uh where you are in the system and that allows you to target specific perspective horizons so what we're doing now sets us up for phase two to really expand the known mineralization in a significant way Right. I mean, how do, how and do, therefore expand the, uh, the value of the company in doing so. Right. Okay. 
And it also helps that people understand what it is that you're doing and how you're going to go about doing it. I saw the press release earlier that, um, this week, um, some nice numbers in there, you know, the zinc particularly um, st stands out. But is that what you're after? You said it's complicated and the rock, the rock needs to be under, understood. So what are you hunting for? Poly polymetallics, um, you know, we've interviewed polymetallic companies and one minute they're, they're a gold company, the, the next they're silver and then they turn into something else. So it's, how do you approach something like this? Yeah, and it's a good point you raise. I've had uh, you know, many friends, colleagues and, and whatnot say, hey, you should be district silver. And, uh, you know, I, I can't really do that. Yeah, you know, on the sense that it's not strictly silver. Yeah, there, there are some very high grade silver numbers. And, you know, we had silver values up to 1.4 kilograms per ton in our in our latest uh, drill results, uh, which is fantastic. But in some in other cases, it was only 40 grams per ton silver and the zinc was quite high. So it was more zinc dominant. I think the best way to view it is, um, you know, our, our, our best analogy is 25 kilometers away. That's Belden's Garpenberg uh, mine. And, you know, the revenue in 2020 from Garpenberg, 37.5% came from silver. 37.5% of the revenue came from zinc. 15% uh, from lead and 10% uh, came, came from gold. So it truly is polymetallic, but our target, our main target of interest, which Garpenberg uh, has the highest tonnage with, is the silver zinc lead type mineralization. Uh, they do have copper gold dominant mineralization, but they don't they haven't even bothered going after it because it's a lower tonnage target. Right. So uh, from what we're seeing at, at Tom Tebow, you know, we're, we're going down that track of, of we're going for the more distal uh, silver zinc lead style uh, mineralization. Right. Okay. And obviously silver's had, you know, had a good run of it. It's come off a little bit. Well, gold, gold and silver had a funny uh, 2021. Um, do you think the market gets excited by your story? Because we've seen a few gold stories coming out of Sweden, which have really caught the imagination for, for, for sure. Polymetallic doesn't, I keep coming back to this because I, I just, it's the kind of one of the biggest questions we get sent in. It's like, how do these companies decide what to focus on? Is it, does the rock make the decision or does the management team make the decision in terms of where you look as, the, as you get a better understanding? The, the value of the rock is what, what makes the decision. That's, that's right. Yeah. So it's, it's an NSR play in, in that sense. So, I mean, if you look at the numbers, bleeding last year, they produced uh, at Garpenberg, they produced 3 million tons at, at about 300 grams per ton silver equivalent or 8.8% zinc equivalent. And then, and then you go, they, they have great details about, about that mine. And then you look at their OPEX and it's $43 uh, per ton. So they are clearing, they're netting out a lot. Uh, it's a very valuable rock and they're able to mine it. Uh, for a very low cost because it's, you know, it, it has to do with the rock conditions or, you know, they're competent, the, the resources or the, or the reserves that they're mining uh, are very steeply dipping. So it's, it's very much, uh, you know, a dream for a mining engineer to come in there and extract it and, you know, get the, get the most uh, profit out of it as possible. So it, it, the play is not any one commodity or any one metal. It's the value of the rock that we're looking at. And that's what we'll chase. 
But it's but it's again, and, and, and I'll keep apologising for coming on about this because I just I'm just fascinated by it because you know the if if you look nine months ago zinc wasn't really performing if you look twelve months ago silver wasn't really well starting to perform but it, it still wasn't there yet and then and going forward who who knows what what, what happens in the in the market so a, the value of the rock I totally get that but you need do you need as you understand what's happening beneath the ground do you need to retain some sort of optionality to where you go and where you drill when when you when when you're trying to trying to build out the value here depending on what the market's telling you do you know what I mean? and is that does that weak does that weak, weaken your planning somewhat or is it just a case of being flexible it's i mean yeah it's always good to be flexible and and pivot i mean i mean there's really only two two styles of mineralization that we can chase like the the copper gold dominant and and the silver zinc lead dominant and you know because we you know garfenberg's best analogy and it's the higher tonnage uh, target is the silver zinc lead in, in these type of uh, they're called strata bound deposits like bms type deposits then that that is the one to go after uh, i mean no matter really what the what the price of metal is doing um because it's the higher tonnage target and that's what you know potential suitors would be going after as well so that that's kind of how we're we're viewing it okay so let's talk, let's talk about how this thing grows because whatever 36 38 million market cap you've had a little bump recently which is fantastic um we can expect to see more more drill results over the coming weeks and months presumably how long is it take, going to take to actually drill out five thousand meters uh, we so we started on March fifteenth and we should be done drilling uh, mid to late June. Okay, is uh, is about right. Yeah, so we the turnaround times are about four to six weeks on on the drill results. Um, we have we we put initial drill results out on, on what's called the Steffenberg zone and the Oscars Grudem zone. Um, so we're we're we focused on the Steffenbergs after that. Uh, I'm not sure. We will probably batch together about eight holes for the next release. So uh, those went out to the lab, you know, not too long ago. So it could could be about six weeks until we see the the next news release on on that front, thereabouts. And and uh, yeah, and then we'll we'll try to put good context in the news releases by batching it out accordingly. Okay. And so how how deep uh, how deep are you going? Uh, so some of the holes went have gone down to about 300 meters. Um, and the idea is to get just underneath that 200 meter exploration drift where there's, you know, indications of mineralization and, and then, you know, see if it exists beneath, which we, we fully believe it does, um, given that it's wide open from historical holes. Right. So, so what, what, what's the picture you're trying to build up here? Because if we see continued results like, like you're putting out, out or you have put out earlier this week, obviously that would be great. But you need the reaction from the market because you're going to need some money, aren't you? No, we're we're fully funded right now. I mean, that was one. Fully of the funded to what? You're not fully funded. Oh. You're fully funded to a point in time, right? So where where are you funded? And I, I can I can tell you that point in time. Absolutely, yeah. So by raising four point seven five million uh, that closed on December thirtieth of last year, we're fully funded for the current five thousand meter drill program, and uh, and we're also fully financed for another five thousand meters as well. So, which is kind of the minimum meters that we're looking at when we when we start phase two drilling in October. Okay, and that will last what? How long? Another three months? Um, 
it's possible we go two rigs on the next program and then it would uh, be more like a month and a half. What's the decision making between one rig versus two rigs? Yeah, that's, I mean, the rigs, uh, they can drill pretty quickly. So you don't want the geologists in the field to get behind and, uh, and miss things. And it, so when you only have one rig, things are going slower. You have more time to pivot and, uh, and, and go off the original plan. And, and that's the good thing about a junior company is that you're more likely to do that. You don't have, there's not this huge chain of command that has to, you know, tick it off. But, um, but with two rigs, if we're going deeper, then we have more time between holes anyway, because they're taking longer if they're 400 meter holes or 500 meter holes. So I'm, I'm looking right now, it makes, makes more sense to go with two rigs for the phase two with deeper holes. Right. It also gives comfort to the market. You're confident about what you're, you're pulling out of the ground, I suspect. So there's a little bit of that. That's right. Okay. You, let's say you get through that. I'm, I'm trying to get to the point where you, you've got to make a decision about what you do next. You know, we are going to need, well, I, it's difficult without the data coming out of the ground, but, 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 but in theory is like, let's assume it continues as it is and you're, you're, you're hitting, you're hitting good holes. Do you go and raise a whole stack of money? Would you continue just small five million here, five million there? I mean, how's that work? Yeah, and that is all dependent upon results. So, in the in the phase two, if we are you know hitting wide intercepts of, of mineralization, uh, well below the the uh, the two hundred meter exploration drift, then then you know doing a very large financing and and uh, bringing in even more rigs makes makes a lot of sense and. But yeah, you never want to get let the rigs get ahead of uh, ahead of the geology, and then you know the core starts piling up, and then you end up not drilling optimal holes. So I've always been very conscious to make every meter count because it's about three hundred dollars Canadian a meter, which is not it's not expensive, but it's not cheap. Um, it's kind of like right in the middle. Uh, I think probably globally, but uh, yeah. So it, there's a there's a fine balance as to how big you go. In terms of a meter, especially with these, you know, high grade um, deposits. Like if you've got a porphyry, then of course you go to 10, 10 drill rigs and and you have to go, you know, really, really quickly because you've got a lot of volume to to try to drill off. Is it, I mean, what are you chasing? We're, oh, we're we're chasing like very high grade, like polymetallic VMS type type uh, deposits, which is in the Bergslagen, uh, and that, that's what Garpenberg essentially is. It's a, it's a, like a strata bound. I mean, it's got a bunch of different names in, in Bergslagen, the local kind of geologists call it strata bound style mineralization. Right. And uh, you mentioned in the um, presentation, I know Sweden's got a big track record of history uh, with, with iron ore, but you, you also mentioned that in one of your slides, a couple of your slides. I mean, wh why, why are you bringing that up? Are you chasing iron as well? No, no. The reason why I bring that up on, in the jurisdiction is really to hit home that, uh, you know, Sweden provides a lot of metal for all of Europe. And, uh, you know, it's a very good jurisdiction to operate in. There's, you know, active mines and uh, there, there's really a big push in the country to get more local mines up and running um, because they've, they've got Northvolt, a battery factory that's up, up in the north. Uh, and they want to source their metal locally. Uh, so that's great for Bleeden and Lundin who have smelters in uh, Scandinavia. There's actually five 
uh, Belin has five uh, smelters in in uh, Scandinavia. So, <clears throat> you know, not having to ship your concentrate over to Asia and then have the refined product come back, it makes a lot of sense from an environmental footprint. Uh, and then also, you know, they're, there's looking at uh, doing a green uh, steel, H2, like hydrogen steel manufacturer up in the north uh, to basically take the take the product and make, uh, you know, steel without using coking coal. Right. In terms of your, um, again, just in terms of the thought process with management team, I mean, you're going through your 5,000 meters and you've got another 5,000 meters to come. I mean, what, what are the, what are the, um, what data do you need or what are the decision moments where you say, actually, maybe we start thinking about expanding our claims area. Maybe we need to think uh, a little bit wider and, you know, would, would you have enough money to do those sorts of things? I, mean, I don't know how expensive it is in Sweden. It's, it's really cheap to, to expand the, the claims area. We're, uh, where we're drilling, we're well covered with our claims. So we don't need to expand um, in our, our, our uh, claims uh, in, in any immediate fashion. So we actually cover uh, the Tom Tebow mine is within a four kilometer trend of very positive geophysical anomalies. And that's, that's really kind of our main area of, uh, uh, of concentration at, at this time. Yeah. Okay. Are you still buying in the market? I am blacked out. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, because, you know, when you start a drill program and, and I'm privy to the to the assays as they come in. So it, it doesn't uh, it's not good if, if I were to be buying or, or selling. That's, yeah. So you could be blacked out for 12 months of the year. Uh, for, for quite some time. Yeah, because, well, you know, our assays, even though we're done drilling, uh, you know, mid mid to late June assays will continue on probably until September. Mm. Yeah, so you, you, I, can't, I think you've got a lot of shares. I mean, you you put a chunk of money into this, haven't you? I did, yeah. So I'm, I'm almost at about 1.8 uh, million shares um, that I've you know purchased it anywhere from down as low as 12 cents. I think up to about you know 38 cents was was some, were some of my highest purchases. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. And we're like, um, I, I guess we're waiting for drill results, assays to come back. That's that's the kind of next moment. I'm trying to understand what it is that you've got here. I mean, how do you how do you? I'm just. I'm just how do you accelerate the process here? I mean, obviously you're getting out. You've got a marketing program. You're you, you, you're chatting to people. Do you do you continue as you are with what you've got, so organic growth or? You know, are there opportunities to go out and be buying stuff, in which case you're going to need to raise some capital? I mean, how aggressive is the board about how you expand this company? Yeah, that's a good point you raise. And, um, you know, from day one, uh, when we got Tom Tebow, I always thought, you know, we were, we're going to have to, you know, keep looking for a, another project or even a third project. And, you know, the more and more comfortable I've gotten with the Bergslagen district, and I've seen a lot of lot of opportunities. So we're, yeah, right from the get go, we've been looking at, at projects, and, and we still are. So if we, uh, you know, if we come across something that's, you know, the, the right uh, terms for the company, then then we would definitely bring in like a, a second or or a third property. Um, because it, to me, the district itself is highly underexplored. It's uh, there's actually, you know, the Bergslagen only really has you know, three junior companies that are very active and that's district metals, Norden crown metals, and, 
an Australian company, Alicanto Resources. But there's a lot of open ground. Um, there's a lot of historic mines, uh, you know, maybe not quite at the, at the level of what Tom Tebow was. Uh, but there's a lot of pro- perspective ground to, uh, to, to basically capitalize on. Right. And you're based in uh, Kelowna. So you're not, you're not over there. I know you're busy. In the, are you sitting on any other boards yourself? I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm a director on a uranium company called Standard Uranium, uh, which is located right next to where I made uh, Discovery at the Patterson Lake South property. So I'm definitely still involved with uranium in the Southwest Athabasca, which is you know, where I spent the majority of my, my career uh, so far. And uh, I'm also a director on a, on a new startup gold company called AU Gold Corp with a project located not too far away from West Haven. So it's a gold, silver, epithermal uh, project. And it's, uh, it's really only a two-hour drive away from me in, in Kelowna. So it's, it's pretty handy in that sense. Okay, cool. Okay. So you're not, in, in terms of capacity to think about how do I grow district metals by looking at maybe diversifying the country risk? Is that probably not on the agenda? I would. Um, I'm so comfortable with Bertslagen and and what it has to offer. I you know I I see a lot of projects coming inbound to to go work somewhere else. There's actually a, a pretty good one I saw the other day in, in uh, Scotland, but uh, but I don't want to go off the path of of the Bertslagen because it's just such a, a fantastic district. And man, you're right that that might mess with the with the bandwidth because right now we've got this ideal team with Hein, Rodney, and you know EMX is a great partner that we have in Sweden. So we're, you know, I want to be just laser focused on on high grade polymetallic in, in the Bergslog. And so by going to another jurisdiction, you 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 can kind of muddle that up, I think. Yeah, you, you don't want angry Scots people after you. <laughs> You've seen the movies. It's all true. Um, <laughs> well, um, look, I really appreciate Garrett uh, coming on the show. Just wanted to catch up, see how you're getting on, because like I said, really liked the story last time out. Um, sounds like it's uh, moving forward. So you know, keep keep at it. Come back on and let us know when some of these assays come back. I'd be delighted to have that conversation with you. Absolutely, yeah, and I'll do my best to grow the company uh, as we have discussed. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.